Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I wanna encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Hello, hello. Welcome to Why Not Me, turning trials into triumphs, seeking and embracing success. I'm your host, Coach Todd Halls. I'm super grateful to be here today with you and excited to be here uh, and grateful listeners for each of you for taking the time to tune in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. We have got a guest today that you are really going to enjoy. I'm excited to introduce to you, Bruce Weinstein. Now, Bruce, he's a husband. He's a dad of three boys. He's raised three boys. He's a podcaster. So he's a podcast host. He's a lover of dogs, specifically Great Danes, having at one point having four Great Danes at the same time. I can't imagine. He's a financial planner. He's an insurance industry. Uh, and he is, as, as I mentioned, he's a podcaster. He's the host of a show called Ask the Plan Man. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I give you our guest, Bruce Weinstein. Bruce, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Todd. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate being here and the invitation and looking forward to speaking with you today. Well, th thank you. Thank you. Uh, was was there anything in the introduction? Did I leave anything out that you're like, man, I, I wish Todd would have mentioned that? Uh, just my Zelle or Venmo account number. They could send uh, any donations or anything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no <laughs> you got you, you, It's good enough. It's it's perfect. Cool. Cool. Well, so thank you for adding perfect because good enough rarely is. But the fact that you said perfect, that we, we can land on it. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Bruce, you you and I met recently uh, through uh, Delray Chamber of Commerce, yes? Yes, sir. Uh, and so how long have you been active with with your local chamber, Chambers of Commerce? Well, uh, I've had two go-rounds in, in the Boca Chamber when we first moved. I'm from New Jersey originally, and as I jokingly say, I got paroled in 2014 and I was able to get out of New Jersey and I came down to Florida. So we've been here eight years and I joined the Boca chamber first and, uh, about two years ago, got involved in the Delray chamber and my wife and I run an insurance agency. And as you mentioned, the podcast ask the plan man ties into that. And so we do a lot of local as well as national networking. And so we're in groups that are meet thanks to the world of zoom. Uh, I'm in groups that are in Dallas, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, New York, um, Detroit. So it's you know it's an amazing phenomenon what happened. And then locally, we're in the chambers and a couple of other groups. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So how long have you been? Uh, how long have you and your wife had the agency? So this agency is two years old. I spent 30 years in the Wall Street capacity as a financial advisor, doing more asset management with an undercurrent 
to insurance. I did some high-end estate planning work, but I didn't do Medicare. I didn't do health. I didn't do AFLAC. I didn't do some of those other disciplines that we do today. Uh, we also are PNC, which is auto home commercial, and I didn't do any of that back then. 2016, I sold that practice, and we kind of just uh, chillaxed for a while, and then COVID came around, and it was kind of like, what do you want to do? And so I, we didn't want to do the security side anymore. It's a little bit tumultuous times in the that space, but insurance, and then we expanded our insurance education, knowledge, and offerings where I said to you offline is if it has an eye, I'm your guy, anything insurance related, you know, come to us. So we're, we're uh, specialists in the insurance world. So Awesome. So, and I, how, and I dragged my wife into it. <laughs> well, and I was, that, that's actually, I was just about to ask that. How, um, how do you balance that? How do you, how do you, how do you shut off at the end of the day? Uh, my wife and I have been uh, business partners and working together for a lot of years. Um, so I'm always curious when, when I meet other folks that work with their spouses, how's it work? Tell us about that. Uh, it's a great question and certainly, uh, not without hiccups along the way, but I'm downstairs and she's upstairs. So that's the first rule is we're not in the same location physically. We work from home, but in two separate areas. And I think you can uh, appreciate, I know my strengths and I know Robin's strengths and they're very complimentary. I'm a driver expressive. I've got the business savvy and experience. Robin is very amiable and very analytical. So she can sit for hours and create artwork or designs. And so she does a lot of the back-end uh, creativity type of work. She's not in the sales and the marketing. That's me. I'm, I'm the face of the plan man. I'm going to speak on the content. But when things need to get done, we send out uh, birthday cards and and birth announcements and and thank you. Uh, we use brownie boxes uh, that we send out and it's very customized. We'll go on to a client's Facebook page or LinkedIn page and we'll find something very personal, uh, like a family picture. And we'll put that on the card. We'll put that on the label of the brownies. And I say, we, Robin, she creates all of this using some different software tools. And for, for $25 to $30 investment, the experience our client or referral partner, which we send to as well, it blows their doors off. And, but I couldn't do it without her. Like I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that kind of work. So we, we, we have figured out, you know, as they say, stay in your lane. <laughs> she, she's not going to want to get on this podcast and talk to you, not her lane. It's me, you know? So, so I think that from a, a, a marital collaboration standpoint is and I was going to say this before, a good CEO, not that I'm a good CEO, but a good CEO knows what they don't know, and they align themselves with people around them to fill the gaps. And Robin's filling those gaps for me. She you know, takes care of a lot of the things that I just not in my wheelhouse. Yeah, very cool. Um, so, so there's the complimentary, right? Uh, she fills in the, those, the weak spots. Um, as far as leaving work behind. Now, I, I know that you that um, you recently had to get away. So when you get away, are you able to leave work behind and shut off or, or like even in the evenings or is work just kind of always there? Uh, you know, as, an, as a business owner and certainly in, in our world of insurance where somebody might need something 
instantly, right? You just lost your job. You need health insurance. Uh, you realize you're turning 65 tomorrow and you didn't sign up for Medicare. So uh, there's always that urgency, but I do my best. So for the, we went on a cruise. So what Todd's alluding to, so he, he knows we were away. And so the cruise ship, guess what? Your phone doesn't work unless you sign up for Wi-Fi. And you're going to turn it off because you don't want to be roaming and you don't want $3 a minute phone calls. So Robin leaves her phone in, in the safe and I let her totally disconnect. I make the trip about her really unwinding. I get the Wi-Fi. I'll check the phone a couple of times a day. We put an out of office uh, message on our email so people know we're away because I'm super tentative uh, pretty much every day of the week. If emails are coming in, it's at my computer, it's at my phone. Like I'm, I'm in touch. I tell people you text me, you know, don't call text, email me. I'm super responsive because I do a lot of zooms and I have a lot of meetings. So picking up the phone that I'm not expecting a call is not going to be as, as easy. And I forewarn clients in that regard of like, you could text me 24 hours a day. Don't call me and expect me to pick up all the time. Cause I'm, I'm busy. I run a tight schedule. So as we're vacationing, yeah, I want to shut down, but I have to keep my eye on the practice. You know, I can't just leave people go. And we try and make sure our decks are cleared, uh, if you will, you know, to use a pun on the on the cruise. You know, we try and make sure things are as taken care of as possible. We have been known to send out an email blast to our clients, letting them know we're going away in a few weeks. So if they need something before we leave, let us know. If not, and it can wait, here's our calendar, set it up for when we get back. And then if there's a fire here and there, then we just do what we got to do. Yeah. But I let her, I let her shut down. I don't, I don't really give her the phone. She says, you know, once in a while, she wants to check with the dog sitter That's yeah. about it. And, yeah. and her kid. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's, it's awesome that, uh, that she's able to do that and that you, uh, can, can make that work. Um, have you always been, it sounds like you're very good at it, do, at that. Have you always been that way? So, and just speaking for myself, we've been business owners since 1999. And for a lot of years, admittedly, we didn't do great at this, right? Work, work kind of invaded everything. Um, yeah. Gotten much better at it. So just curious in your journey, what has that looked like for you? Well, it's. I'll, I'll rewind way back. I, I'm, uh, my folks were divorced when I was eight and my dad was a Saturday visit d- dad. And so, you know, we were kind of on the lower, lower middle class side of, of the world economically. My mother worked. And so I shoveled snow. I cut grass. I had a paper route at 10. I remember having a lemonade stand <laughs> when I was five or six. So, you know, money wasn't always available. So I had to go out and, and get it. And so I was always in that vein of just being a hustler and a grinder. And as I got into my teen years, I needed a car. I worked two jobs. I worked every summer. I worked Christmas breaks. I had to pay for insurance. I had to pay for gas. I paid for half of my school for college. So nothing was handed to me. So I've always been out there uh, hustling, if you will. And my first job out of college had nothing to do with with the Wall Street investment community. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know from nothing back then. And, and so I had a degree in computers um, and programming and I was miserable and I hated it. And I had a stockbroker, not that I knew what a stockbroker was. Um, my mother passed away uh, right after I graduated. So there was this you know, small $50,000 or so inheritance, which I bought a townhouse and I had a few dollars to put into the investments, 1985. 
and I had the stockbroker and what I was doing was better than what he was doing. Meaning I was picking my own stuff and he would talk me out of it. And then he'd put me in his garbage, charge me big commissions and his stuff was garbage and, and I was losing money. And I'm like, my stuff's going up and yours is going down. Like, you're not very good at this. So I started looking into what does a stockbroker do and, and how can I become a stockbroker? And, and in 1986, I got hired uh, and went through training at Merrill Lynch. And so at 23, that's what I've been doing ever since. And guess what? They don't give you leads. They give you training. They don't give you clients. They don't give you money to manage. You got to go out and get it. You eat what you shoot. And I have been somewhat, you know, I, I say... People know what a W-2. So the W-2 is somebody who gets a salary of some kind from a company and a 1099 is an independent contractor. So the Wall Street jobs are considered W-2 because you're an employee, but there's no salary attached to that. It's it's based on the commissions you generate and the revenue you generate. So in theory, I say I've been self-employed since, you know, 1986. And you know, again, go back to delivering, you know, being a paper boy, you're self-employed as a paper boy at 10, aren't you? Like, yeah. So, you know, so that's always been my grind. And then, uh, I shared with you a little bit is in 1990, we were uh, expecting our first child. My oldest son, Josh will be 32. And my ex-wife now wife at the time did not want to be a stay at home mom. And because of my upbringing, having a divorced family and, and a, a father that was pretty absentee, I'm like, well, I'm going to stay home. And I raised the kids for four years and I walked away from a career making some six-figure income at 27 years of age in 1990. Um, so I was good at what I did. And I went home uh, and stayed home and raised my son, Josh. And then Matthew came along. Well, guess what I did while I was sitting home with the kids is I started a baseball card and memorabilia business and I started hustling baseball cards on the side and nights and weekends. I'd, you know, my wife would walk in the door and I'd kind of give her a high five, like the tag team at wrestling. And I'd walk out the door and I'd go do these card shows and I'd hustle and flip cards and make some money. Um, and pre-internet, I was doing stuff on the computer in Canada and other places. My buddy and I would drive halfway around the country to pick up cases and cases of cards and flip them. And so, and then I got into promoting baseball cards. I had major celebrities. Your, your listeners may know a few of these names, but we had Tom Seaver and Whitey Ford. We had Lawrence Taylor and Phil Simms. I had John Starks and uh, Doc Rivers these days is the head coach of the Sixers. But I will have them as guest autograph uh, guests at these big baseball card conventions in the early 90s. So I'm always, you know, and then in 90, 90 what the heck here? 94, I got back into the business and rebuilt my career. So I say I'm in the business since 86. There's a little bit of a four-year gap, and I walked away from my practice, and I started all over again in, in 94 and rebuilt uh, my practice. So uh, was that the question you asked? I don't know. Uh, so you, yeah, <laughs> you, you, did, uh, you did great there. So um, what occurs to me as I'm listening to you, uh, what an amazing journey, A, uh, B, a little bit ago, you told us about Robin and how she's the creative side, but it sounds like there's um, there's a lot of creative creativity uh, in you as well, just channeled a little bit different. Would you- sure, sure. Yeah. No, uh, I, I'm, I, I have a marketing sense, certainly no formal training, but from a business entrepreneur, um, I'm 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 willing to take risk. I'm willing to put money out on something if I th- see and feel that it has 
an opportunity to expand the brand or bring in a new opportunity or client. Like in 1997, I started doing financial planning, retirement planning workshops, seminars, dinner seminars, where I would, at the back end of it, is we would invite people of a certain age grouping, uh, demographically targeted for pre-retirement conversation and buy them a steak dinner. And at the end, the early years, it wasn't Ruth Chris, but later on, it became a Ruth Chris, which is a high-end steakhouse. And I literally built my book of business doing those and delivering a value proposition, you know, workshop seminar, and it just gravitated and got people. So I was an early adapter to that before anybody else was doing them. And everybody around me is like, what are you doing? Like, that's a lot of money that I, you know, put into it. And I'm like, but it's, I'm getting a 10 X on my money. I put 10 grand out and I get a hundred grand in, in revenue back. Like I would get business. And so people eventually adopted into it and started doing it. But, you know, even at this late stage of my life, I'm 59 now and our insurance agency is, is barely two years old, not quite two years yet. And I put every dollar we make back into the business and I'm not ex- afraid to you know, to try some new things and, and put my toes in with an expectation of an ROI or drop it. Meaning, you know, if I don't get a return on my investment after a period of time, then it's time to try something else. But um, I'm always seeking knowledge and information on technology and tools. And, you know, I've, I've done presentations showing people all the different systems CRMs, uh, email campaigns, uh, calendar systems that you and I use, uh, this mailbox powers that I use for the the brownies and the birthday cards that go out. And and Robin has to do that. Like she has to push out the birthday cards. It's not done automatically. Um, But I have a list a mile long of all the different tools, electronic technology wise that we use and invest in. And I try and be as automated because it's a two-person shop. It's not, I don't have 50 people on payroll to delegate all these things. So I try and automate as much as possible. And, you know, when they say teach an old dog new tricks, like I'm just always been with an eye on that, you know, back to what you said earlier um, of, of trying just to be ahead of the pack. You know, I, I don't want to be a late in, I want to be early doing like my seminars were. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, now we're building out, I'm, I'm been relaunching my seminars. I teamed up with an investment advisor cause we don't do the stocks, bonds and mutual funds anymore. And so down here in the South Florida market, uh, I have a, a partner now and he'll handle that. And so we're redoing after a few years of hiatus, my seminars again, and guess what? We're going to build it out as a webinar, not just an in-person steak dinner, but an, a webinar where now people all over the country can come in and you know maybe we charge maybe we don't but it's something people can sign up for we can get their information i can put it into an email campaign on my crm my crm is state of the art it texts it phone message drops if you want as well as email so over the years my system just on my crm my contact manager has shifted from never being able to email from it to emailing and then creating newsletters to now where it texts, it'll text Todd, it'll drop a voice message in Todd's mailbox. Um, that's pretty cool technology. It, it is. It's uh, it's amazing what, well, this, and, and you're, you're proof of it, 
right? Well, like what a what a a relatively small team can accomplish through through technology and automation, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so just so thinking about our whole conversation from you, you know, you, get, you got out of college, looked around, decided, you know what, I, I think I want to check out the stockbroker thing. Did that, walked away from it. Um, re, you know, to, to raise your family, got back into it. Uh, got into uh, business. Uh, I'm sorry, baseball card flipping. Um, anyhow, Literally. you you've, you've, <laughs> you've had um, several startups under your belt. Let's just put it that way. It, it, it yeah. would seem, right. Yeah. So, so for anybody listening that either is thinking about starting something up or has, like, what top two points, top three points to keep in mind as they venture out into business ownership, entrepreneurship? What what, what direction do you give somebody just, just broad here? Make sure this is top of mind. Oh, wow. Um, I think anybody who wants to be self-employed has to be a sponge. They have to be receptive to information. They have to be able to disseminate and decide what to do with either discard or keep. Uh, and utilize and implement that inf- information. And it's funny, I, w- I was at a conference this past weekend and a gentleman up there, very successful uh, individual. And he said, how many, he asked, or, hey, how many people are entrepreneurs? You know, most people raise their hand. He goes, I have a belief that someday the mental health therapy uh, industry will deem entrepreneurship a mental health, a mel- mental illness. Because anybody who's an entrepreneur and self-employed has to have some level of mental incapacity because it's it's just a grueling, grinding, you know, work. And so you 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 know, you asked about the crews and shutting down, and that's the point is like I can't a hundred percent shut down, but I could seventy-five percent shut down. Like right? you can't just not have your finger on what's happening. It may not be much to do, but You can't not monitor it. So anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur, you really need to know yourself and know that you can do without a paycheck, that you're you're willing to invest in your business and take risks in your business, which inherently most entrepreneurs do, and then understand what that risk and reward ratio looks like to say, okay, if I do this, I can potentially see this bringing in, you know, X amount more. And then you need proof of concept, right? You got to go out and try it and see how it works. So these days it's Facebook ads and Google keywords. And, you know, everybody wants to spend Todd's money testing the proof of concept. Todd doesn't want to waste his money on this stuff if it doesn't work. I'm willing, Bruce will spend his money all day long if it's working, but guess what? They want me to be the guinea pig. They're going to play with my money, not their money. They're going to give me the right, the, the privilege of paying them to do it. And then they're going to give me a get. Well, if it doesn't work, we'll keep working for free. Well, you're spending my money, and you're, you're yes, you're not getting paid, but your proof of concept is still costing me money. Like, why would I want to keep doing something that's failing? Is you're trying to figure it out. So I appreciate you doing it for free, but it's it's not free. It, it's you know this place was looking to do some some marketing for us, and it was a thousand dollar marketing spend, meaning they're going to build a budget on Facebook and Google for a thousand a month, my money, plus their fee of 500 bucks or, you know, whatever it was, 750. Mm -hmm. So they're like, and you know, we guarantee you're going to make this amount of money in 12 months or we'll work for free until you do. 
I'm like, well, are you, are you going to cover the spend, <laughs> the marketing right. spend? Because right. that's not free. So anyway, that's where it was coming from. So uh, that's good stuff. So I love that you 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 led that off. Like I asked you for for your um, wisdom, um, and you started with anybody that's listening, any any entrepreneurs, you have to be a sponge and be able to like sort through it all, right? So it's so almost like even before you offered anything, your offering was, hey, what I'm about to say may or may not land for you. You need to. You need to be aware enough to know if it if it fits with and lines up with your values or sense of direction, et cetera. Um, well, I think a lot of people, they, they may not want to work for anybody. Uh, I always found a tremendous conflict working for others uh, in the Wall Street sense. I, even though I was working on my own practice, I had people above me that were dictating firm policy and direction and butted heads because it wasn't my ideology, which is why I moved you know, uh, from time to time to different firms. And so being self-employed in, in that regard has been the right path for me to have that autonomy, be a free thinker. You know, I tell people I'm, I'm not in I'm not an in-the-box thinker. If that's what you if you want textbook, let me pull it off the shelf and give you page 17. That's not me. I'm an outside-the-box thinker. I'm going to challenge the status quo. I'm going to throw mud on the wall and say, Todd, what do you think about this? And most people are going to say, Well, nobody else has told me that. I'm like, Well, that's right. That's why you're talking to me, because everybody else is just in the box. This is how you do things, you know. And so I'm not a herd mentality. I'm a Leo on the Zodiac scale. Uh, you know, so I'm a, I'm a lion, I'm a leader. Uh, and so my clients have been my flock and they look for me to lead and guide and advise them. And I tell them, look, it's your money. At the end of the day, you're going to do what you feel most comfortable, but I'm going to give you the pros and the cons to the decision-making and I'm going to educate you. And I'm going to say, look, this is what it's all about. How does that sound and fit to you? And they say, okay, you know, I like or don't like or, you know, tweak this or do that. But at the end of the day, guess what 99% of the time says? If that's what you think we should do, then do it. Because I've given them the comfort and the knowledge from the experience in the background to disseminate that information for them. And all you really want to do is what, Todd, is you just want to validate what you wanted and you need a third party to do that. And so a lot of times mm -hmm. I'm just validating or putting a red flag up saying, you know what, at that direction, that's not going to work right. And here's why, you know, and so show them the pitfall, show them the traps. Uh, and that's what the whole ask the plan man financial planning aspect is. It's, it's defined again, here's some business terminology is SWOT analysis, right? So strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, SWOT. Mm -hmm. So when we work with clients, it's, well, what's your strengths? Where are your weaknesses? Where are the opportunities and threats? And what do we want to do about that? And so insurance is the big thing on the threats, right? Like what are the threats? Well, what are the opportunities? What can we do here to fix that? Well, here are your strengths. You know, your client's strengths might be their cash flow. They, they got a good business or a good income. Their weaknesses, their budget's not aligned. They're not saving enough money. Uh, the threat is they don't have enough life insurance, health insurance, homeowners, auto, you know, whatever on the insurance side or enough investable assets. Um, and so that's the opportunity to fix it. Right. So you give them that SWOT analysis and you do the planning and the projections with them. Uh, Todd's, you know, this age and wants to retire here and he wants this kind of budget in, in retirement. Well, the first step is like any, think of it as a map, right? When, when forget GPSs and ways and everything else, you and I are old enough to know what it was like in the pre Garmin world. 
right? Yeah. And so you had to go to AAA or you had to go to the, the, the gas station and you got your folding map and you drew out this thing and you said, well, how many miles is it to here and how many hours do I need to drive to get there? Well, that's what a financial plan is, isn't it? If you want to retire at 65 and have a million dollars and you have $100,000, do you have enough time? Can you save enough money? What rate of return do you need to make on your money? So if you want to drive from Florida to, you're from Minnesota, I think you told me, right? So you want to drive to Minnesota, right? And it's Monday and you need to be there by Friday to cash a check at the bank that's going out of business, right? And you need, you got to drive there. You can't fly. Well, how many hours do you need to drive to get from here to Minnesota? Are you going to get there in the three and a half days that you have in front of you? And oh, by the way, how fast do you need to drive and how many hours can you rest? Well, that's no different than retiring at 65 with a million dollars and having that you know asset available. How hard does my money have to work is your rate of speed. Can I afford to make 2% in the bank or do I need 12% out of the stock market? These are things that you have to play with. And so that's the core of the planning work. And then the planning will give us the opportunities to implement. And so again, I use this with you offline is I have nothing to sell. I just have problems to solve. And so based on those parameters, you're identifying the client's opportunities against their threats and you're giving them recommendations of what to do. So you need to leave at 2 p.m. You need to drive at 72 miles an hour. You can only stop for six hours, right? And you'll be there by Friday. There you go. Now it's up to you to do it. Now just go execute. Go execute. I could talk. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I have a show because I talk. <laughs> right. So well, and that's a perfect lead up to it. Tell us, t- tell us about the show. Um, how long have, has Ash the Plan Man uh, been? been on air, so to speak. And yep. what do you, what do you do with it? How's it work? So, uh, thank you for that. So I started doing these seminars back in 1997. So we're going on 25 years this past May were my first seminars. And I know myself enough. I'm not a writer in the sense of, I got to write a book, you know, I'm not going to write war and peace and I'm, I'm not Tom Clancy. That's going to write all this stuff. But I felt that the knowledge and the information in my seminars and workshops was something I could potentially deliver that would create a legacy. So I've always had that fantasy in my mind, but I'm, I'm not disciplined and analytical enough to sit and write a book. Okay. So recognizing that in my recent efforts came across people in the podcast space that kind of have a turnkey uh, podcast forum where they, uh, edit and I have an engineer and a producer and they they do it on YouTube for video and and then they put it out into the the podcast world as as you do um, for the audio side and I kind of had that aha of like that's more me because that's talking I, I talk and interview with clients and work with clients for hours and hours and hours throughout the process so talking and and implementing is kind of my mo right? I do the seminars I talk. So I felt that the, the ask the plan man is everything you want to know about insurance, finance, and more. And we try and keep it to a half hour. Sometimes it goes a little bit longer, but we've had topics on estate planning, uh, how your credit, credit cards, credit scores are impacted, the do's and don'ts of leasing versus financing a car. That's not directly business for me, but these are things that are going to help educate people 
yes, we talk about disability. We talk about long-term care. We talk about uh, life insurance. I have episodes on health insurance. So we, we just dropped our 20th episode, which has to do with special needs planning, special needs trusts for people who have children that are in a special needs. Maybe they came out with some birth defects or they're autistic or they have some sense of um, you know, learning a, a disabilities. And so a, a, a couple, a parent dealing with that has a lot of things to think about for that child's well-being and long-term care because that child's not going to be able to be self-sufficient as their other child might be. And so I have an estate planner on this week's episode, and he and his son created something called Hope Trust, and it's a way to organize all the information, financial care, physical care, medication, the child's likes and dislikes, and collaborate and put it into a forum for anybody and everybody to see in perpetuity. So that if the child outlives the parent, that all of these other aspects are taken care of with directives in the Hope Trust platform to coordinate this child's care and financial well-being. Again, that's not direct business for me, but I there's 25% of this country deals with an adult level uh, disability. And a lot of that comes out of childhood. There's over 20 million families impacted by special needs. And then to carry this further, as I was being introduced to this concept with the attorney, I said, well, why wouldn't this apply to the elderly? Because as a senior becomes uh, in need, right? Think Rain Man, right? Those who saw the movie Rain Man with Tom Cruise and uh, Dustin Hoffman, okay? That's a special needs. The father died and the child was in some care home and had to have financial responsibility to take care of Dustin Hoffman, you know, the rain man. And so Tom Cruise comes along and finds out about this brother he never knew because he'd been institutionalized. And now he's fighting for custody and wants to take care of him. And, and he's challenged with what Dustin Hoffman, the rain man needs, right? It's, you've seen the movie. I'm yep, just yep. babbling it. Right. Yep, so, good. you know, if, if I've seen the movie 10 times, it's a great movie. So there's things that Tom Cruise does that triggers negative responses that he's not privy to. Well, this is the kind of stuff that says he watches Jub Judge Wapner at two o'clock every day. He likes to eat with his toothpicks. He he, you know, he has this routine. So that routine has to be managed by somebody. And so that's what the, this created. And then so what I was saying is I think they could apply it not just to minor children and then adults, but also seniors who maybe outlive their family or don't have any family. You know, if, if you were single, never had a kid, right? Never married, don't have children and you're 87, who's taking care of you, right? What do you, who's giving you that care? Who's stepping in? Now you're getting dementia, you, you Parkinson's, you, you have other challenges. Who's acting on your behalf? And so this hope trust can do that as well for the senior audience. And so again, that's to me, Everything you want to know about finance, insurance, and more, come ask the plan man. I'm trying to give a forum for people that they can self-educate. You can come find our episodes, go to our library, go to your podcast station, go to YouTube, and 
you can go back and look at the different topics that we have and you say, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm getting close to Medicare. Let me watch that Medicare episode. Oh, I do think I need life insurance. Let me check out the life insurance episode. And so that's kind of what we're trying to bring so that there's a body of work someday when I'm pushing daisies, <laughs> you know, that, that I've got a legacy behind and I've at least bestilled the conversation and the information that I've acquired over the years. And I think as, as you, you know, connotate from our conversation is I'm chatty, I'm talkative, but I'm informative and I'm educational where I, my strength has always been to break it down for the non industry, meaning the layman so that I can, my client, I can relate to my client at their level and give them that information at their level, not mine. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I'll sit with other professionals, like an estate planning attorney. I'll be there, even though it has nothing to do with me, but I'm their interpreter. Sure. Because the attorney, the attorneys talk at a totally different level. And most people are Charlie Brown in it. They're like, want, 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 want. Like they don't know what they're saying, but you know what they're being told. They don't understand it. So I'm like, remember I told you this? Remember I shared with you, like, we're going to do this and that? That's what he's talking about here. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 I know, so it sounds like the, the whole Ask the Plan Man is, it's yes, it's, it's you uh, leaving a legacy, but it's really, you're just adding value. Like to whoever, who, to whoever oh. you can impact, it's, it's, it's really, um, it sounds like it's a really service-based servant's heart. Like here's something to benefit almost everybody at some point in their journey. I, that's my belief. That was my intent. It's, I think it's for the masses. It's not, each topic might have more of a niche or a direction, but the body of the work is universally, um, for everybody mm -hmm. at any walk of life, you could be Warren Buffett and learn something on the show, right? You, it doesn't matter where you're coming from. There's something here that I'm not saying Warren Buffett doesn't know all this stuff at this point, but you know, he might not know about a special needs trust, yeah. right? He may have not have known about that. Like, so whatever, but in general, the mass appeal here is there's something for everyone and it's just let them gleam it themselves, come to the library and see what we have and peruse the topics and check them out. And then you could subscribe, you know, to the podcast channel or the YouTube channel and you'll get notified. We, we put out content every Monday and, you know, I, I record, uh, 30 to 45 minutes. Some have gone a little bit longer, but, um, yeah, it, it's service-based for sure. I mean, look at the end of the day, if people want our help, they have our contact info. And so, you know, we, we hope that those in need and and if it resonates, you know, will reach out to us and we'll help implement things that they might need or at least have a conversation or direct them more importantly to somebody if we can't, uh, we're that conduit. So, you know, we 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 have guests and we'll direct them to those guests if they're, you know, an expertise in that field or have it come to us and we'll we'll filter it out. Um and then I'm working on my producer wants me to do more solo shows. I haven't really published any yet. So we're testing that. I'm, I find I'm more, uh, I'll just say it charismatic in the sense of a conversationalist than just talking to myself, which, sure. you know, they want to put me in an institution if I do that too much, but you know, talking to the camera and just talking to me and having an outline, that's just not me talking to you. You throw me a question as you've seen. Now I go on you know, for 10 minutes and, and can't catch my breath. Right. So it's, it, it, to me, it's more personable and dynamic 
uh, having a conversation with somebody, as they say, a fireside chat and just see where it goes. You and I had zero agenda here, right? We had nothing premeditated to talk about. We just tossed a couple questions and look where we are 45 minutes later. So yeah, we, yeah. Somehow we found a conversation out of it. Just building a relationship. Yeah. So it's cool. like meeting on an elevator, right? Like you and I met at a networking event. We just started talking. Tell me what you do, where you're from. Like you find some commonality and you just go from there. So what I try and do, I, I am probably one of the, the least salesy salespeople out there because I'll walk away. If you don't want what I have, I'm done. I'm walking out. If my value is not there after everything you've seen, heard from me that you don't want it. Okay. Bye. Like, uh, onto the next one, right? You just gotta. Yeah. So, because I'm not selling, and so everything I've done is at a high level to filter people down to hear and listen to me and what I'm about to then make their own selection of do I want to work with this guy or talk with this guy further? And so my dinner seminar was ten thousand piece mailing, two or three hundred people show up. They hear my message. So one to the many, I'm, I spend an evening talking to 20 couples and I'll do three or four evenings, five evenings, whatever. And so I'm leveraging my time. I'm giving an hour, hour and a half presentation to 20 couples instead of giving 20 couples an hour and a half presentation privately. Mm-hmm. And so that's leverage of my time. That seems to be working smarter, not harder, right? And so that money's worth it to me. And then out of that session, if my message is strong enough and concise that I'm demonstrating what I can do for them and where their threats are in the SWAT. That's what I'm doing. So I'm showing them threats on their journey. And some might say, well, I don't have that as a problem, but I have this as a problem, right? So the whole seminar, the financial journey that I talk about is discussing strengths and threats and what do you want to do and how do you fill it in? And then this is how we can help you. And so then they self-select, yes, we want to talk to you. It's not a pitch. It's it's you want to f- fill out the card if you want me to call you. You don't fill out the card, I'm not calling you. I already have your information. But I'm not going to hound the people that say no. There's plate lickers out there that come for a free steak. Get out of my way. Get me to the people that want to see me. If Todd needs me tomorrow, I need to be available for Todd tomorrow. I don't want to spend tomorrow calling 10 plate lickers wasting my time. So I let them self-select. And so to me, once I'm in front of that client, they want to work with me. And now it's a matter of let's get to the nuts and bolts, make good use of our time, and then show them how we can help. And then Mike, uh, you know, again, I'm using the sales world words, you know, my closing ratio was super high. My conversion ratio was super high because I only focused on the ones that said, yeah, let's talk. Of course. Of course. So that, that yeah, tons, tons of, tons of gold in what you just shared. So Bruce, as we get close to, to landing the plane real quick, um, for our listeners, what question should they be asking themselves? What's one important or impactful question that our listeners should be asking themselves? Mm. <laughs> uh, how do I get a hold of Bruce? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they should all be asking that. Yeah, no, we'll seriously. That. Seriously. No, I'm joking. Ser- seriously. The, again, it's not to be cliche. You don't know what you don't know. So you don't know how to ask or look for it. And so when we go back to the SWOT analysis, you may not even know where your threats are because you don't know what you don't know. And so getting with professional help 
what, what I found in my 35 plus years, Todd, is in general, people are apathetic and omnipotent. They don't care and it's not going to happen to them, right? And so the apathy is at 20, 30, 40, 50 years of age, it's not me, it's the next guy. Not going to happen to Bruce, it's going to happen to Todd. Oh, did you hear about Todd? Oh, did you hear about Mary? Right? So that there are plenty of people like that in the masses. And you want to get to the people that do raise their hand and want that help and recognize the fact that it's time to get off their behinds and take corrective action. And so the the question that I want to leave people to think about is, don't think you have all the answers. Look, I had plenty of educated doctors that, you know, had God syndromes. You know, they think they know everything because they're a doctor. It's like, dude, you don't know finance. You, you don't you don't know all of it. You, 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 you know, they think they outsmart. Oh, I know how to pick Google stock. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, but that's not planning. So don't kid yourselves. Look in the mirror, be frank and candid with yourself and truly assess, am I covering all the bases? And if not, who do I get to fill in the gaps or identify my gaps? And so I think that's where the plan man comes in is you owe it to yourself to make sure you don't know what you don't know is taken care of, if that makes sense. I think I got it. Yeah. Yep. What, yeah. What are the gaps and who do I need to contact to, to shore them up? So it might be an accountant. It might be an attorney. It might be your mortgage broker, right? It's not just your financial advisor, but you know, markets are down 30% this year. People are throwing up in their mouths again, right? They're seeing their accounts drop. Well, if you weren't proactive last year, knowing it was coming this year, well, you get what you get, right? So what's your proactivity? See, planning to me is proactivity. I'm not reactive. I'm proactive. Sure. And so I knew rates were going to start coming up. I knew inflation is going to start creeping up. And I prepared clients for those things and took proactive, um, made proactive changes, recommendations to them because- the markets don't go up 10 years in a row like it did, and it doesn't last forever. So you you have to be skeptical. Look at the housing bubble that got, you know, where we are in South Florida and pockets of the country. Home values doubled, if not tripled in some markets, right? Mm -hmm. It can't go on forever. Mm -hmm. But a 2.5% 30-year mortgage, 3% 30-year mortgage was super enticing, but you're paying top dollar. Now rates are 6%. It's got a crack. Home values are going to retrench. I'm not saying they're going to go back to 08, 09 levels, but something's going to pull back because now your buying power just got cut tremendously when rates double like that. So anyway, I can go on for hours. Cool. <laughs> so real quick, um, where do where do our listeners find more of you? Where can we get in, in touch with you? So everything is off of Ask the Plan Man, A-S-K, Ask the Plan Man, P-L-A-N-M-A-N, and we've got asktheplayman.com. You got Bruce at asktheplayman.com for email. You can call our toll-free number, 844-PLAN-MAN. You go to your favorite podcast channel, put in Ask the Plan Man, YouTube, Ask the Plan Man. So you can't find Ask the Plan Man. <laughs> I got to fire some people because we're, <laughs> we're trying to be everywhere. I'm on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok. Ask the Plan Man is, is covered, I hope. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, Bruce, Thank you so thank much. You. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you so much. And, and good luck to everybody. And appreciate you uh, giving us a forum to share this with everybody.
Yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, and listeners, thank you for tuning in. I, I really, truly just appreciate your time and your willingness to, to listen in. Hopefully you found some value in today's episode. Uh, I will leave you with this. Whatever grand vision you've been given, whatever dream God has put on your heart, remember, you can. Until next time, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful, and live life strong. Peace to you all. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. And I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.